Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Good Sabbath morning. Good to see everybody. I'm excited to talk to all of you today. I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about today, and, and, I, and it just kept coming back to me, um, a topic that, that I feel is needed right now. And the name of my sermon is Stay Focused. Before I get going, before we talk about anything, I'm going to show you guys a video. This is, uh, you, you all have to participate. That's part of the deal. And I don't know if we'll have any prizes, but maybe, maybe you can be first, line, first in line for the chips and salsa or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I want you to stay quiet, please, as you're, as you're doing this challenge. And uh, we'll talk about it after you're done, after the video. Count in your head, please. This is a test of selective attention. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the basketball. How many passes did you count? The correct answer is 15 passes. But did you see the gorilla? This video is from research by Daniel Simons and Christopher Chabri and is copyrighted. All right. So they say that about 50% of the people won't see the gorilla. And it sounds like a lot more in this group didn't see the gorilla. Uh, But, you know, you guys did a really good job. I'm sure most of you all got the 15 passes because that's what you were focused on. And... I guess, uh, you know, that's what I want to talk to you about today is like in life, we, we get focused on things uh, and it's just important to know that we're focused on the right things on, you know, and that's what I want to ask you today. What are you focused on? And like this gorilla, are there things that we're missing, you know, in life because we're focused either on the wrong things or, or uh, you know, our, our, our focus isn't, isn't in the right places. You know, this uh, past year, it's been a, it's been a rough year. Uh, I know it's been a rough year for me, and, and uh, it's been a rough year for this world, this country, our assembly. Um, and, you know, I, I just... What we have to do when, when things get rough is to have our focus in the right place. And we have to be, we have to be looking in the right places. And, and when we're, you know, and we have to remember that we have Yahweh's love and his promises that we can hold on to when we have tough things that we go through. Have you ever, have you guys ever seen the show uh, Deadliest Catch? That's, yeah, that's where the guys go out and they uh, go out in these boats in the Alaskan Bering Sea and, and they're uh, just charging into the ocean and, and their, their focus is getting these big Alaskan king crab. That's their focus. And 
they, they die from it. <laughs> uh, that's why it's called Deadliest Catch. Uh, but they, they're absolutely focused on that. And if you ever watch the show, they'll go through storms. And no matter what, they keep that ship straight. And, and if, they ever, if they ever let it go you know, from one way to the other, then some of those storms will just capsize them. And it's that intent focus that, that gets them the prize that they're wanting at the end. And, you know, why is this important to us? Why is this staying focused important to us? And I, I think that it's a life or death situation. Like the things that we focus on today will determine our future. It will determine our life. Um, there's uh, this study that was done, and it's called the, the Tetris Effect. And how it works is they put these, these guys in, uh, in this room, and for three days, they did nothing but play Tetris. And I don't know if you guys know what that game is, but it's where you, all these blocks fall from the sky, and you've got to twist them and turn them and put them in the little holes and when you get a line across the bottom, then it disappears and you can just keep going for as long as you can keep the, keep the little boxes going in the holes. So these guys would play this game for, for three days. And what they found is that at the end of it, they, would, they could think of nothing else. Everything that they looked at, everything that, like they would be walking down the street and they would look at a skyline and they would just be thinking about how they could grab buildings and put them and stack them and, and to make a perfect line. Uh, and, and when they were sleeping, they would just see this game that they were playing. And, you know, they, they figured out that their brains actually started getting rewired to this, to figuring this out, that the, this game out, you know, while not while super helpful for Tetris, not very helpful in life. And, you know, if, if Yahweh made us where the things that we focus on are the things that we see in our world, the things that we see around us, like if, if whatever our focus is on, whatever inputs we put in, that's the, the things that we see in life, that we experience in life. It, it seems that we should be very careful about, you know, what we're focusing on. You know, when I was a kid, my, my mom, she would tell us to go clean our room, and she'd go in there and, and check on us, and she would uh, look in the room, and she'd say, okay, what's wrong with this room? And I'll, I'll just sit there like, nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and, she would point out all the things that I hadn't done yet. And it works great. I do it with my kids. And they do the same thing I did when I was a kid. Nothing. Uh, and, you know, now, as a grown-up, you see all those things. My dad did the same thing. He would, he would no matter where we went or what we did, uh, he would always tell us to pick up trash. You know, pick up that trash. All the time. Pick up that trash. And it's so ingrained in you now. I mean, I, I would tell him, well, Dad, that's just a tiny piece of trash. Nobody's going to see that. Nope. If you can see it, you pick it up. And now, I don't know if it's a curse or what, but I can't walk past trash without picking it up. 
And then you see, I just see it. Like some people, they haven't been just wired that way yet. Uh, and I'm like, why are they not picking up that trash? But once you get wired that way, you can't almost undo it. Uh, there's a study done on the, the, the careers that led to the most depressed people. And they found that uh, tax auditors were at, one, at some of the highest, they were uh, some of the most depressed people. And they were trying to figure out, okay, why is that? And they figured out that tax auditors, their whole life at work is trying to find problems, find issues, find where people uh, have misallocated things or uh, or something's messed up and and they get very good at it uh, and at finding issues. And usually they're not actually the ones fixing the issues. They just find issues and then they bring them to you. Here's all, the, here's all your issues. Um, and then there's a story of one tax auditor. He made an entire spreadsheet of all the things that, that his wife needed to work on. <laughs> and as you can imagine, that leads to depression. Uh, you know, lawyers were really high up there too. They, they're 3.6 more times likely to suffer from depressive disorder, major depressive disorder. And that's, you know, when you think about it, they're in constant conflict all the time. Uh, and that's just the input and the, the, the state of being. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be a tax auditor or a lawyer or anything. Like these are important trades, but what I'm trying to do is just point out how when we get so focused on things, and I know you've probably done it with your life, even at work or, um, you know, with a hobby or something you get, and maybe you get too focused on something that in the big scheme of things isn't as important as some other, other things. You know, there was one lawyer, he said that he used to uh, count his time, you know, they count their time uh, as lawyers and they bill you for every second uh, that they talk to you or do anything for you. And he said he would quantify his alone time with his family and his kids and his wife by billable hours. So that's how he would think about all of the, the time that he spent with them. And because he's just wired to, you know, every day, that's all he's thinking about, billable hours. How do I get billable hours? And, and, and I'm saying all this because it's a, it, it affects us and we just have to be aware of it. You know, and, and, and sometimes we as people can start looking and seeing, we just wire ourselves to almost just see negatives. Uh, and so everywhere we look, that's what we see. We don't see the positives and, and, and the blessings. You know, we, we scan our horizons looking for annoyances and issues and problems. And, uh, you know, there's a story of two people that go outside and they're sitting outside uh, on a sunny day. And, and one person says, man, what a beautiful and sunny day. And uh, the other one's like, yeah, it's really hot and miserable out here. Let's go back inside. And that's how we can be. Who are, who are we and how do we look at the things around us?
You know, with that video, it, it points out that when we're focused on something, we were really good at counting those, counting that, those 15 passes. You know, we did a really good job of that. Um, but, and then when we're focused, we're, we're, it's impressive what our minds can do and what, how Yahweh created us. But with that, we can sometimes, you know, have unintentional blindness too. It's what they call it. And uh, maybe you've seen this in your life where you bought a car and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to be just like you and went out and bought the same car. Or maybe those cars were there the whole time and you just had no reason to notice them or see them. The, the deal is we tend to miss things that we're not looking for. So all of the things uh, in your life, and that's good. Like, I want y'all to just remember that. We tend to miss what we're not looking for. So what are we looking for? I have a friend, uh, Jake Morgan, he's a chiropractor, and he was telling me about the story of a lady that came in to his uh, office, and he knows her pretty well. She's been coming in for a long time, and, and he's like, you know, how are things going? Kids good? And she said, uh, actually, I'm getting a divorce. And he was like, really? And he was, he was like, you know, they'd been together for 30 years, and he, you know, man, y'all been long, together a long time. Uh, what happened? And uh, she said, well, I'll just give you one example of kind of what was wrong with our marriage. And she said, uh, my husband had to work on Christmas, and it was a couple days after that, and we had, we had uh, put together this, this Christmas dinner, and we were going to surprise him, and he was coming home, and we had decorated the house, and uh, we were all just so excited to see him because we were going to have Christmas. And he came home, and he walked in, and he saw them all sitting there, and he said, who left the light on in the garage? And she's like, that, you can sum up our entire marriage with that. And when he said that, I was like, man, that hits close to home. I've, without the Christmas dinner, I've been in that situation. And I've done that to my, to my family. And I missed the whole great thing, the beautiful thing that they were trying to do. Let's turn to Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, are we benefiting the people that listen to us? Are we building others up? To their, according to their needs, our family. You know, we can miss the beauty in this life if, if we're not careful. Um, have you guys ever been outside and just seen a beautiful landscape? And it's, it looks one way if you're just thinking, man, that's beautiful. But if you're thinking about Yahweh forming and creating this, that, that scenery, and you're thinking about 
the incredible artist that he is, it means an entirely different thing. And that's what we miss sometimes. Uh, you know, it, it makes everything you do when you're outside uh, just a more beautiful and inspiring. I, me and Kara went to this Charleston, South Carolina, Carolina uh, recently and for our anniversary. And it's just the most beautiful place, gorgeous. I, I would suggest everybody going. It's wonderful if you ever get the chance. Uh, but we went to this, this plantation called Mon Magnolia Plantation and just absolutely gorgeous and had this huge garden, like acres and acres of garden. And we went in and as we walked around, just such beautiful scenery, uh, there was this bench and above the bench, there was this little plaque. And I'll just kind of set the stage of where this bench is. It's just, it's, you've got a marsh on one side and then you've got this big pond on the other and the moss that hangs down from the trees is so cool that we have none of in Texas uh, that I've always wanted to see and I finally got to see it. Um, just hanging down off of every tree everywhere and just the most peaceful, wonderful place. And on that plaque, it said, on this bench, Reverend John Drayton would sit in meditation, composing his weekly sermons. He confided to his granddaughter, Marie, that at this spot, he felt closer to Yahweh than at any other spot in the world. And that just touched me. And I took a picture of it and wanted to share it with you guys. And, uh, you know, for me, I, it's Montana. And what's sad is my spot is so far away. I need to get a closer spot. Uh, but we need those places that we can go and meditate and focus. You know, and, and to be honest, as beautiful as that spot was, there was even more beautiful spots in that garden uh, than that place. Um, but I believe that the reason that was the most beautiful spot is that's where he sat and that's where he talked to Yahweh. That's where he came and, and he was seeking Yahweh. And I think that's why that was the prettiest spot in, in the world to him. <clears throat> if we're seeking Yahweh, we will see Yahweh working in our lives, his miracles and his beauty and everything. And remember, it's easy to miss something you're not looking for. So what are you looking for? Where, where is our focus? You know, in, in this world, we have a lot of distractions. Uh, all of you guys are uh, living in the, probably the most distracting time in, in the world that the world's ever seen. Uh, you know, and when I was, when I, if you guys have ever been dove hunting, this is an analogy I'm going to use. Uh, you're dove hunting, and if you've ever done it, you'll shoot a bird and if you don't watch where that bird fell and say, okay, it's between the telephone pole and that dead tree, and if you don't just walk right to it, you will lose it. And that's what happens so many times in life. We, we start walking, and all of a sudden, a big flock of dove come over, and we just get greedy and, and go for the dove, and we, we miss out on the dove that we had on the ground. 
And that's how, and it's just easy to get distracted. I say, there's a saying I uh, use at work, and it's don't let gnats get in the way of our bit hunt for big game. And that's sometimes what can happen. We get distracted uh, with your telephones, your, uh, I mean, probably the most distracting thing that has been created uh, is your telephones and, and they're literally made to suck the, the time away from you. Uh, anyway, I was, I'm going to talk about that another time, but the, the, the phones uh, today, you know, these, these technology companies and social media companies are literally, they make money off getting you addicted to just looking and scrolling and clicking and, and it can suck the, our lives away if we're not careful. Uh, but, you know, we're, sometimes we can get more focused on what's going on in other people's lives and, and instead of focusing on what's going on in our lives or what's going on in other people's houses instead of what's going on in our house. And uh, that's another distraction and, and something that we need to be weary of. You know, and just to go along with how distracting this world is and how most of it isn't even meaningful. The other day I was looking at uh, news, doing, I was on my phone scrolling and clicking, uh, and I was looking at news and there was an article that said, a man sells truck for $75, national news. I mean, this was trending. And while that is odd, why is that important in my life? And, and the truth is it's not. It's not important in any of our lives. If, if I knew somebody that did that, that, that might be something that would be interesting. But otherwise, I don't know why that would be interesting. So where we are today is a result of the things we focused on yesterday and 10 years ago. So that's everything that in our lives, like where we are focused and what uh, we are looking to. Um, you know, it's a direct result of what we're focused on. You know, and once we get our focus, and, and I think all of our focus is the kingdom of Yahweh, when we get our focus, we have to be able to communicate our focus to our families and to our wives. And, you know, me and my wife, we... Uh, both have ideas on how we should raise our kids, and they're both different. And so we have to kind of work together to uh, make, you know, the very best out of our children. And so she believes that our children should have a playful, wonderful uh, life that's full of memories. And when they look back on it, that they just think of all the wonderful, fun times they had. And that's where we differ. I believe that this is a training ground for the battleground of life. And uh, so you can, you can tell that we're probably going to butt heads on that. <laughs> so, you know, and, and why I say that is because uh, 
we, we have to work through that. We have to communicate. And there's ways to communicate that are constructive and ways that aren't. And sometimes I use the ways that aren't. Like, uh, I come home and like, hey, kids, what'd y'all do today? Well, we played at Zane's house and we went and swam in the pool. And then we ate some ice cream and uh, the day was over. And, and for me, I'm like, well, sounds like another constructive day, babe. Anyway, uh, but the, and then, and that's brought up, the, the, this is something that every one of you guys here need to remember. How you say things is so important. My wife reminds me this all the time. Just say it different is what she says. Uh, and I'll give you an example. So I love yogurt. I eat it for dessert with some fruit and some, I'll throw some, something in there with it. Anyway. It's my, I love it. And so, but a lot of times we're out of it. Uh, and so this is how I would uh, let Kara know that she needs to buy some. <laughs> I would open the fridge and I would say, well, looks like we're out of yogurt again. And uh, this is actually, this is the thing that made me realize how important it is what you say, because she would get like just mad. And uh, I thought I was just, you know, constructive criticism. <laughs> but I figured out because she told me uh, that if you say something like this, hey, babe, can you buy some yogurt next time you're at the store? That's a lot better. <laughs> everybody's happier. But uh, we have to bring our families on the journey. So I just asked you guys, what's your day like? What's on your schedule? And is Yahweh, Yahweh in it? Is Yahweh in our, in our day-to-day lives? And when I say that, you know, our, the men in this room are responsible for their households. Absolutely. But I believe that we need help from uh, you wives. We need you guys to hold us accountable, to push us, and to help us uh, do what we need to do for our families. And, and I hope you will help your husbands. You know, uh, I always talk about a lot. Uh, I talk a lot about just reading your Bible on your own. And, um, you know, what's the saying? Uh, dusty Bibles make dirty lives. Uh, and that's, that's very true. And, and, you know, when I, when I talk about reading our Bibles, I believe, you know, and I, and I believe really, instead of us coming up here and teaching you what the Bible says so much, if all of us were just reading our Bibles, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to be up here. <laughs> I would still have to be up here, but, and we'd still want to have sermons and messages, but uh, the fact of the matter is, like, it's on us to, to do this. It's not, like, you will gain way more than you will from people telling you what the Bible says. You need to know it for yourself. And, and our families need to know it for themselves. Like, our families need to know it. And then, and uh, if we're not careful, we can get into the habit of, we come here, and 
we just want someone to come down from the mountain and tell us, you know, what the Bible says and what we're supposed to, uh, supposed to know. And that's not how it's supposed to work. We're supposed to be doing our own, our own study and our own, uh, we're supposed to be digging into the word ourselves. And when you do that, you naturally start seeing the things that you're reading in all of your life and the words that you see, uh, that you uh, read and the promises that are in the scriptures are revealed to you in everything that you're doing in your life. But if you're not spending that time, then it's very difficult for that to manifest. And prayer is the same way. If, if, we, are, if we can't be focused on Yahweh, uh, or we can't be focused on Yahweh if we're not praying to him. That we can't claim that Yahweh is a focus of ours and not be praying. That's it just that's impossible. And so I would uh, challenge us that that's what we do, and and pray about all the things that we're grateful for. They say that people that just name three things that they're grateful for in the morning are. Uh, happier, uh, more fulfilled people. And again, it will rewire our brains to see what Yahweh has done for us. And, and as we, again, spend more time with him, we see him in, in the world. So the young people, I want to talk to you for a little bit. You guys also need to get focused. You need to be focused uh, you know, I was young once. I'm going to use my dad's line. I was young once. I know what you're thinking. And you need to get focused. I can tell. Uh, let's turn to Ecclesiastes 12.1. says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim. We don't want to wait till we're old to start seeking our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Uh, and it's very poetic scripture of, you know, how we go into our older years and uh, we need to be vibrant now and in, in the word and followers of Yahweh now, even when you're young. You know, when I was uh, 15 or 16, I had never dated anybody and I was starting to get concerned that I wasn't going to. And I was uh, looking around and a lot of other people were dating. And I'm not even sure if my parents would have let me date, but they didn't really have to worry about it. I couldn't find anybody. Uh, but I remember getting like it would it would, you know, be something I worried about. And, and I know that there's I won't say which one of you, but there's probably some in this room that are worried about some of these things. And uh, I, I remember I was so worried about it. I was like, well, what do girls like? 
And I was like, they, they like jewelry. I'm going to get some jewelry. <laughs> and uh, so I would look at through Sears. I promise you, I would look through Sears catalogs and uh, I'd look, I would figure out what their birthday was and get, look up the stone that you're supposed to get for their birthstone. It was creepy. Uh, luckily, I was too timid to actually do it. Uh, that would have been the end. But I know that there's some of you guys that are focused on all kinds of things. And, you know, it's important to find that future wife that you, that you are, uh, or husband that you're looking for. But we have to keep our main focus deeply rooted in Yahweh and Yeshua. And... So I kind of touched on it at the beginning of the sermon, but, you know, when the storm comes, uh, we have to be focused on our, our, our coming kingdom. We have to be focused on what we're, uh, what we're here for. And I would just ask, ask all of us here, when trouble and struggles come, what do we run to? Is it, is it a bottle? Is it a pill? Is it anger or depression or uh, fear, worry, anxiety? What are the things that we work, run to when we have struggles in our life and, and, and problems? Or do we not run to any of those things and do we, do we run to our Heavenly Father that created all of this that created us and that's in charge of all of this, that can fix any problem that we have and, and, uh, can, and can take us through. In Psalms 121, it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, when I was, not that long ago, actually, uh, I believed that when life gets hard, you get harder. You know, I was just, that's kind of my mentality. And, uh, you know, I used to even think like, well, I'm not going to bother my wife with my problems uh, because, you know, she can't help me with them. I got to fix these things on my own. And it was just a really uh, bad way of handling issues and, and, and struggles in, in my life. And it's not a good way for any of us to handle struggles in our life. Uh, we have a heavenly father that loves us. When we were kids, what did we do when we, when we needed something? We would go to our parents and we would ask them, hey, can I have some food? Can I have uh, some money? Can I have uh, anything in our lives? We'd go to our parents and Yahweh is no different. He wants us to come to him. You know, and, and it's embarrassing almost how many decisions I've made without consulting Yahweh and uh, i just really been thinking about that a lot, that we should be consulting Yahweh in, in all of our decisions. And, uh, and I, it's something that I just, I know that we all need to improve on. You know, Paul, 
He was one of the Bible's greatest encouragers and instructors. Paul was a man who faced various trials and tests, even to the point of death. Let's turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. And with all of those, the struggles he faced in his life, Paul said, we are pressed on every side of tr by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by Yahweh. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Have you been perplexed or... Uh, have you had troubles? Well, Paul says that we're, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And this is the same Paul who said in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is Yahweh's will for you. So with the past struggles we've gone through, are we, are we joyful today? Are we uh, praying and are we thankful in all of our circumstances? You know, what was, uh, what was Paul's, Paul focused on in his trials? I think he was focused on our Heavenly Father. Let's turn to James 1-2. You know, James was the brother of Yahshua. He saw troubles and tests as a way to grow in his faith and saw it as an opportunity. James 1-2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. And do we consider it pure joy when we face trials? Let's turn to James 1.12. Yahweh blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. So he blesses us through our, through our testing and our, and our struggles. You know, Jonah uh, was an interesting guy. He was, uh, you know, for the most part, it seemed like he didn't have a great attitude about taking the word of Yahweh to to the people of Nineveh. And uh, even after he shared it and they repented, he, he uh, struggled with it for some reason. He was, he was very angry. And I want to just read a little bit of that um, story and just see if, if we resonate with any of this. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't. But let's pick up in Jonah 4, 5. And this is after... Nineveh repeat, repented. Yahweh had forgiven them. And, uh, you know, jo Jonah wasn't real happy about it. And, and Yahweh was asking him, 
Uh, is it right that you're angry about this? And so we're going to pick up in Jonah 4, 5. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So he was still seeing if, if Yahweh was going to bring punishment on him or if, if he was going to uh, forgive him or if they were going to re- continue to repent. Then Yahweh provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, Yahweh provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, Yahweh provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But Yahweh said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. <laughs> this always cracks me up the way he says this. Uh, and, but Yahweh said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should, and should I not have, con- have concern for the great city Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? And as you read this, you just wonder, like, you know, where's Jonah's head at? You know, they're repenting. He should be joyous about this, but he's, he's more upset about uh, his, his struggles, you know, heat and, and exhaustion uh, uh, and not having shade than he is the people of Nineveh. And it makes me, like, it just, you know, makes me wonder, is this, is this us sometimes where we're, we're concerned about our... We're more focused on ourselves than, than others and more concerned about ourselves than, than the people that, are, that truly need help. And let's contrast Jonah's response, and I'm, I'm getting pretty close to the, to the end here. But let's contrast Jonah's response with Paul's response to suffering. Let's turn to Romans 8.18. Paul says, I, I consider that our present suffering, sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know, Paul was focused on the coming kingdom. And... You know, it's a great thought, especially when we're struggling with, uh, you know, the, I mean, there's just, we all have different things going on in our lives. Um, and when we're going through those, those struggles, it's just so renewing to, to, to just think that this is, a, this is a short time. We're a short time here and the coming kingdoms coming soon. Let's turn to Philippians 
says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Yahshua Messiah took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Yahweh has called me heavenward in Yahshua Messiah. You know, we've been through some tough things in, in uh, this past year and and uh, I hope that we will do the things daily that wire our brains to and that show us and, and turn our focus to what matters and, and to Yahweh when we're going through struggles, when we're going through uh, problems, even, even here at this assembly. And I believe that this, this assembly is focused. I believe that uh, it, we are seeking Yahweh with uh, everything we have in us. And I believe that we're doing uh, what, we, what we're supposed to do. As Paul said, let's focus on the goal. Let's press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Yahweh has called us heavenward. We are focused on his kingdom as an assembly. So let's, let's stay focused. You guys.